From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. And Making Your Home Great is on the radio for two hours every Saturday. You can call us up at 919-860-9783. Last I heard, we had Mudcats tickets. If I don't have Mudcats tickets, I'll buy you entry <laughs> myself. We'll just meet at the gate and be all right. So, well, if I mention it, I should give it away. I think that's all right. 860-9783. Craig, the floor guy. From American Dream Flooring and Tile. How are you? Hello, I'm great. Glad to be here. I am so glad you got a singing jingle because it is a, it is a really fun to actually listen to your commercials. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. We have no um, audio on Craig's uh, microphone, so please inform us of what we should do. Um, Rhonda Benvy Plummer will be on second hour. Brock Hammonds at Triangle Radium Barrier is here. How you doing, Brock? I'm doing well. How are you? So, how are you? How is the radiant barrier work coming this time of year? Do you are you working more in the attic or doing the radiant barrier? Starting to kick off a lot of the attic work right now. Really? As soon as the heat came back uh, earlier in the week, you know, out of nowhere, our phones started blowing up with customers. You know, hey, I'm I'm going to get ahead of the curve this year. We're going to go yeah. ahead and get this done now, so we don't have to deal with this extreme heat we're going to have all summer. Uh, so we're starting to book up pretty quickly. I think we're about a week and a half to two weeks out right now. I sit in the backyard and say to myself, wow, what what temperatures it got to be in the attic? You're talking like 120, right? What, right now? Attic, attic temperature. Uh, it's, it's north of that, somewhere yeah, really? in the in the one, uh, upper 120s, middle 130s. Yeah. Uh, and once, you know, the temperature gets up into the 90s, I mean, that's when the temps up in the attic are going well over 140. And everybody says, well, hot air rises, it doesn't fall. But in fact, it does affect the rest of the house. Oh, it, sure. You know, in the summer, that heat's radiating down from the sun. Yeah. You know, so uh, and until the sun goes down, it's just constantly pumping heat into the attic space. And yeah. it's a you know, unfortunately causing your HVAC to consistently run and uh, try to cool off the space. And to just give a physics lesson, I'm I'm laying, laying on my lawn chair and there's a miles of sky up above me for the hot air to rise. That's right. But it's still pretty hot down there. Yeah, yeah, the it definitely is. All right, Craig, let's test it out. How you doing? I'm doing good. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can see you, hear you sort of. Uh, I think you're hearing me on Brock microphone. We may have to just repair yeah. this. Craig, Craig, try, try the other microphone. Hello, testing one, two. No, we've got nothing. All right, well, we're going to fix this during the next commercial break, which we're going to take early. Uh, Craig, the floor guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile, is here, along with Rhonda Benvy Plummer of Help Me Rhonda Interiors in Hour 2. And Brock Emmons. My regular co-host is here from Triangle Radiant Barrier, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, making your home great. Craig the Floor Guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. It is truly the A-team. I hate saying that. Because I, I hear other people listen to the show. Other people are also on the show. Oh, sure. Yeah. And they, I don't want them to f- believe, well, am I the B team? No, no, no. Everybody here is good. Everybody knows their stuff. It's just that Craig's been on here so long that it, you know he knows what he's doing 
on this radio show, American Dream Flooring and Tile. I must say, you also know what you're doing in the house. You you both estimated and constructed the floor on my house. Tell me about that project. Yeah, I mean, we check subfloors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we check. We do kitchens and baths. We have to have knowledge of cabinets to make sure that the the flooring is installed properly around the cabinets, or sometimes it's installed under cabinets when it yeah. shouldn't be. Right. Um. Your you, house, you my had, house. Yeah, you had nice new cabinets. No issues there. And you were on a wood crawl space, I do believe. I remember. Yeah, and I and I want everybody to know. I actually, the floor is fine. Wasn't it fine? Yeah, and, and a big question, and I'll let you answer this. I yeah. get this a lot about the sound of the floor. Yeah. That seems to be a, a big topic nowadays, and I know why it is. Right. But how does your floor sound? It sounds great. Yeah. No. There's no tappy, tappy sound on it. Right, right. The dogs create more sound than the people do. Uh, you know, you know, they, they scrape along the floor. They do the Scooby-Doo thing where their bodies aren't moving, but their legs are fast underneath them. But when you walk across the floor, it's relatively quiet. Right. There's no bouncing, no no sound reverberation no, or echoing. I've, or, I've got okay. one daughter who or granddaughter who walks. She's six years old. She walks and runs like a ballerina. There's no <laughs> knowing that she's coming, which is a sad thing. I'd really rather put a bell around her neck because I know when she's coming. Um, and the other one clumps like a horse. But that's normal. The reason why I mention it in in the commercial earlier, a lot of uh, listeners might have heard the commercial saying that 75% of vinyl plank floors fail. The installations fail within the first year. And the reason is because of improper subfloor prep. Yeah. um, Or in a lot of cases, customers are just buying low, low quality products. Really, really thin, low quality you know, one of the, the big misnomers about the luxury vinyl plank flooring is people think even if they get the cheapest one they can find and mm-hmm. it's the color they like, that they're getting a good floor. Mm-hmm. And it potentially might be depending on where they're installing it in their house. But what we're seeing a lot of is air gaps between the floor and the subfloor. That air gap allows movement and allows yeah. sound reverberation. Also, that movement causes the locking mechanisms to break and they snap apart. So if you're listening out there and you've had a floor installed recently and when you walk on it, you have flexing or movement, or you hear clicking or popping sounds, give us a call. This is because of uneven subfloor? Uh, correct. So, because I owned, I didn't own it, but we looked at it. We looked at a house. We we're going to get a great bargain on it. Honestly, Brock, we were going to we we're gonna save money. Okay. The only thing was that there was, there was a divot. There was a section of flooring that just sank about, I don't know, quarter of an inch like you'd hardly notice you would notice wouldn't you craig oh yeah on a on a a quarter of an inch suppose somebody owns a country house and they've already checked the overall structure but yet they still have you know the beams are good there's no reason to jack anything up but you know country homes roll up and down a little bit when i go in a customer's house they probably think something's wrong with me because the first thing i do is i slip my shoes off at the front door and then i start (laughs) slipping and sliding around their floor in my socks yeah they probably think i have some kind of fit with dancing or something but (laughs) what i'm doing is i'm trying to feel for for humps or bumps where the joist may be and that kind of stuff and i'm already scoping out that subfloor before they even pick a color 
When you it's do the risky important. business thing and slide exactly. across the floor in yeah. your socks. With my pants on. W- with your pants That's on. Good. Always with your <laughs> pants on. We know this from Marketing 101. Always keep your pants on. All right. The other thing is that the, there's got to be a solution to it. Now, if the solution isn't jacking up the house or you know doing major things underneath, the solution is doing something to the subfloor, which is you know above. It's it's the above ground subfloor. Yeah, most of the time it's 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 a minimum a, a minimal issue, and we can address it from inside the house mm. with leveling or patching compounds, or yeah. sometimes we might have to replace a, a section of the subfloor. But if it's really bad, if there's yeah. soft spots and that kind of stuff, that's when I know there might be something going on in the crawl space. Right. And that's when I ask for, for the access to the crawl space and I'll look down there. And and uh, a lot of times I see, you know, moist, wet, humid crawl spaces. I, I'm not saying that you want to, but you're a floor guy and you are willing to go underneath the house. That yeah, seems I mean, odd I don't to me. crawl in there and hang out for a long time. Understood, yeah. But uh, I definitely will <laughs> take a look. If I see something that looks suspicious, I might crawl over with a flashlight and take a picture of something so I can show the homeowner. Right. Um, but, yeah, if you're, you know, it's like if, if you have a really nice expensive car, but you're driving around on bald tires, yeah. you know, the car's not going to perform well. Well, flooring's the same way. And you don't. Well, you, yeah, go ahead. You're 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 kind of limited when you do these crawl space inspections. Keep in mind what what Craig wants to look at is the subfloor. Yeah, that's what's most important. That's what he's focusing on is what kind of condition is the subfloor in. Well, if the subfloor is covered in insulation, it yeah. it becomes problematic. You're you know how do you find issues? We we had a, a job this last week, and after he had contracted us to do the work we were encapsulating his crawl space and during uh, the pull what we call the pull uh, is a part of the job where our guys go down there and pull out all the old insulation pull out the old vapor barrier get it yeah. to a, a a bare you know it's their uh, favorite part out here yeah yeah my guys love doing the pull <laughs> they do it's not like demo pull doing the pull is horrible oh it uh, is oh yeah uh, you're pulling out the insulation. It's getting all over you. You're stuffing it in trash bags. Now yeah. you're crawling 30 feet to the door and throwing the trash bags out in the yard. And then you got to load it up into a trailer. No, it's not fun. But you uncover things when you're down there doing that. When you pull yeah. the insulation out of the subfloor, and this particular yeah. customer clearly had a, a leaking toilet that had been leaking at the wax ring for quite some time. There was no water damage in the bathroom. He had yeah. no idea. But the subfloor just looked absolutely awful underneath it. Tons of black mold. It was rotting out. Honestly, if the, if we didn't catch that within the next month, I wouldn't be shocked if he sat down on the toilet and fell through the subfloor. It was it was rotting out pretty badly. So that's you you uncover that kind of stuff. And I feel for Craig, you know, going out and trying to do inspections and uh, taking a look at the subfloor, but not being able to remove all the insulation before you do it. Well, what do you suggest? <sighs> It, <laughs> we, we typically we look like if i look underneath the house and i see drooping insulation mm-hmm. yeah and I, I that's basically what i look for the two first things that i look for is the the moisture barrier coverage if i see that it's either not covered or it looks old and deteriorated then i look up at the insulation and if i see droopy insulation or it started to turn black that's when i know there's an issue and i you know recommend to call triangle radio you call barrier. you'll call these guys yeah yeah all right the rotting floor and the toilet issue. Craig, are you you going to address that? Can you take care of that? Yep. yep. So, it, for instance, this is not a hypothetical. 
if you went into a home that had a hardwood floor, believe it or not, hardwood floor in the bathroom. Well, that's what we did at your daughter's house. That's exactly right. I want you to bring up to that. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, so if a lot of people, they think it's common to have these noises, these popping and cracking and, right. and that those kind of sounds. Um, and it's not. That right. might be something that needs to be looked at. So what some people will do is they'll come in and just put a new floor over the old floor. Yep. And and they, they say, oh, well, the floor is gapping or it's making noises. And someone will come along that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, yeah, we can put this new LVP floor right over the top of this of your old floor. Yeah. And in most cases, they're just masking a bigger problem underneath. So that was kind of the case in your daughter's house. And so... We told her, like, no, we need to take all this up. We need to pull your toilet. She had, I think, three layers of flooring in her in the bathroom. <laughs> wow. And then, of course, and I did the crawl space check, and yeah. I could see she had droopy insulation, discolored. She actually had, you know, quite a bit of moisture under the house. And I said, yeah, you, you got it. But it was all isolated at that toilet where it had been leaking over time. Yeah. So what happens when you keep adding layers of floor, especially in a bathroom, what you're doing, you're raising the floor seal, the, where the toilet seals to the plumbing, the floor flange is what right. it's called. You're raising that up, and so yeah. you're creating a gap there. So when they put down the floor, the other fellows who were working on this, did they remove the toilet they and then reinstall it? Yeah, and yep. they yeah, but you know what they should have done is the the floor flange should have been raised to the new layer of the new floor. Okay. So you would have had a good seal at the toilet and the toilet flange or floor flange. All but, of that makes sense. But they didn't do that. They put the toilet back down and they yeah. tried to screw it in as best they could and it just didn't didn't seal around the way it should and you know and it's leaking through your floor. So you don't even know what's happening. I mean if you're not down there looking at it all the time, yeah. you you uncover these problems unfortunately after they've caused a bunch of damage. Right. The, the the thing about this toilet issue, I, I knew it was, I knew it existed. I, I I went there, you know, I literally went there, and I heard the little bit movement of cracking, but I thought it was me, you know, a big guy, <laughs> old toilet, and and we also saw the blackened areas around the toilet, but we didn't know what kind of water issues the previous owner had. So another topic of discussion yes in fact i would love for a listener to call and tell us to caulk the toilet or not caulk the toilet ah caulk the toilet or not caulk i get asked that all the time are you going to caulk the toilet should you you caulk the toilet and we putting a seal around oh it's a beautiful thing let me just tell you a carpenter's caulk has saved my carpenters yeah, so much, so much measuring over the years. <laughs> three and six eighth or three and one eighth. I, I forget. Put some caulk on it. Just cut it and get it as close as you can get it and caulk it on both ends. I, I never understood the point in the caulk. Is it aesthetics? Is that what they're they're focused on? Because it's not going to, it's not mm-hmm. sealing anything. Well, sometimes they're just hiding something. You know, if there's a gap around the toilet right. where the toilet sets on the floor, that's probably because the toilet's not set properly yeah. or the, the floor flange isn't at the right. right height or something like that. So a lot of times they'll fill it with caulk to keep the toilet from wobbling. Oh, and yeah. then some people just like that look. They think it's a more finished look of running that bead of caulk around the toilet. So before getting a call on this, let me ask, Craig, caulk or no caulk? So a plumber yeah. will tell you, you're not supposed to caulk the toilet. Do not caulk the toilet. Yeah, and we tell our customers, look, 
We recommend not caulking the toilet. If you would mm-hmm. like for us to caulk the toilet, we will. But the reason why we don't like to run that bead of caulk around the toilet is because if for some reason in the future yeah. that wax ring seal does fail, yeah, you'll know because you'll see whenever you flush the toilet, you'll see the water run out. Exactly. If you caulk it, you don't see it. So you're hiding that that problem and it goes on for a long period of time and then you get subfloor rot and that kind of stuff. Uh, so the answer is don't caulk the toilet. Which is good advice for anybody in a long term. Don't yeah. do it. If it's set, if the toilet's set properly and the floor's installed properly, you shouldn't need to caulk the toilet. All right. And on this project, just to finish my, my daughter's bathroom here, the bathroom discussion, you took out several layers of flooring there. Let me tell you that you did not t- take out the flooring and the rest of the house at the same time. Right? You, d- you did some, but not the, a lot. We took up, we took up the flooring in the kitchen. You did the kitchen, okay? Yeah. And I think we you... took up one layer in the kitchen. Yeah. But we had to take up two or three layers in the. I don't know if that's a hall bath or powder bath or what yeah. you would call it. Down the only downstairs bath. But yeah. The living room was lower than the kitchen. You had to step up to the kitchen. Yes, and then you from did. From the kitchen, you stepped up into the the hall bath or the powder bath. That's my point. Yeah, it was <laughs> right. Kind of weird. Yeah, so I believe it's all the same level now. They were about to do DIY. They were about to. I, my son-in-law will fix anything. They fell, you know. Bless his he, heart. He's a, no, he's a doctor. <laughs> he's a doctor. He went to school. He had a few credits that he could do. He went ahead and minored in physics. He fixes trucks, and he can fix your, you know, whatever. Nice. The point is, he was about to DIY it. And then he saw what he was facing with the levels of one floor and the other. And he didn't want to do it. And it's a good thing that he called you. Uh, we're talking with Craig, the floor guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile. Uh, next hour is Rhonda, uh, Rhonda Benvy Plumber of Help Me Rhonda Interiors. And Brock Evans of Triangle Radiant Barriers here. Are you here for two hours? I think I can be here for two hours okay. today. All right. Brock was, Brock was scheduled not to be here, but we now that he's here, We'll keep him and and prevent him from getting phone calls from his wife, who might suggest that there's stuff to do at home. Right, <laughs> that's there's, true. There's no stuff. There's to always do. a to do list at now, home. Brock Evans, Triangle Radiant Barrier. Tell me, please, about Radiant Barrier versus versus everything else that we could use in the attic. In the attic, it's it's about energy consumption. I mean, that's the the whole focus on on the reason you do work in the attic insulating the attic is to improve on on the utility cost and and make it a lot more temperate throughout your house yeah nobody wants the two-story house at you know three four in the afternoon you're upstairs and it's 82 degrees and downstairs is 72 degrees yeah it's just uncomfortable and and a lot of houses that you know the kids are upstairs sometimes you get the the house with the master upstairs Mm -hmm. that's where you're sleeping trying to cool off at the end of the day yeah so it that's one of the main reasons we enjoy what we do. There's so many different trades out there, but when we got into the insulation industry and the mold remediation industry, mm-hmm. we actually feel really good about what we do, what we sell customers. They're, we're, we're dropping their utility bills. We're making the inside of their house a lot more comfortable. We're remediating the mold, so we're improving their indoor air quality. You know, We feel good about what we do because we feel that what we do is helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it gives us the confidence to be able to go in and say, what kind of problems are you having? We're here to fix it. What can we do to help? I 
am pretty sure that I've got the air handling unit up above me in the house. In I the have attic. a ranch. Okay. And it's essentially you would say it's in the attic, although there's no living space up in up in that area. We've never been up there. Mm-hmm. But I think you can store a few things up there. Pretty sure the air handler's there. Is that affecting my ability to cool the house? In the summer, yes. You know, um, a lot of houses we get into, the air handling unit is under the house, and and certain people complain about that. It's Mm -hmm. uh, high humidity under the house, so the air handling unit sweats a lot. The ductwork sweats down there, but it never gets very hot down there. And normally the houses where the air handling equipment is under the home are more Mm -hmm. efficient. Okay. Um, When they're up in the attic space, it's trying to... Uh, cool off your house in an environment that is not very palatable. You don't want to be up into the attic when it's 140, 150 degrees. Yeah. So it it causes a lot of unneeded strain on the unit, um, mm-hmm. which is why so many of the HVAC companies that we work with, uh, their customers reach out to us after a new system is installed uh, under recommendation from the HVAC company for us to insulate the rafters to try to cool off the attic, which would make an even larger impact on their utility usage and prolong yeah. the life expectancy of their brand new unit. Yeah. Uh, so it's very common. Um, the radiant barrier market here in North Carolina started taking off about six, seven years ago. Yeah. And now it's enormous. Um, just get online and look up radiant barrier in Raleigh and mm. see if you can find uh, several companies to come out to give you estimates. We always recommend. I actually ask you not to. No. No. <laughs> just me. Just you. Just I'm okay you. with that too, but we're, we're not scared of uh, competition. So that, that's what makes us all better. In a way... Yeah, you can have a couple of radiant barrier companies buy, and you're still confident that people will go with Triangle Radiant Barrier. Well, I am because of how the product is installed. Mm -hmm. You see, there's probably several companies out there that offer radiant barrier products, uh, but I've noticed that a lot of them install it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Craig and I come from a desert state. You know, I I started doing <laughs> radiant barrier in Texas, yeah. and you you absolutely have to utilize your existing ventilation, right? Or it's not going to make the impact. And I've noticed some of my competitors here um, install the product in a way where it is effective, but not as effective as it could be. Okay, we're going to pick up on that. Craig, the floor guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile, and Brock Emmons of Triangle Barrier Radiant Barrier on making your home great. Making your home great. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Craig the Floor Guy is on Making Your Home Great from American Dream Flooring and Tile, and so is Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Brian in Raleigh, welcome to the show. I'm glad you called. What's going on? Yeah, Brian, go ahead. Loudly. Oh, loudly, yes. So I wanted to call and chat with Brock a little bit about my radiant barrier project I have going on. Sure. Um, I have a home built 1981, uh, single-story ranch with uh, high ceilings, you know, that sort of thing, and kind of high roof, steep pitch in the um, the attic area. No ventilation in the attic. I also have about a 950-square-foot garage, pretty large garage, that I'm kind of doing the same thing to Mm -hmm. um, to get, you know, take some of that heat out during the summer when it gets really hot here. 
And um, also my cross base is encapsulated, and I do think that helps a little in the winter too. A little bit. That in there. But, um, hey, um, the real question is, so I bought some Radiant Barrier stuff online. You know, I was shopping at big box stores trying to figure out what the best product was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I found some stuff that's, you know, fairly thick. It's got the perforation. I mean, you couldn't tear this with your hands if you tried. You know, it's got, like, the kind of stringy, tough material in it. So I think I have a nice product for what I've already put up. But my main question is, regarding the attic in the house. Like I said, I have no ventilation up there as regards to the HVAC. Um, as far as coverage goes, you know, it looks like I can pretty much get coverage over all the rafters of where I, you know, want this, where the sun kind of hits those shingles the most. But the area that's closest to, like, the eaves near the front of the house, near the front door, mm-hmm. it's really tight. It gets less than, like, you know, a foot deep in there, and there's just blown in insulation right. where the kind of the sheetrock and the ceiling meet below. And it's like, do I really need to get the coverage of the radiant barrier all the way to the to the eaves and to the to the end of the um of the attic where it gets really small and tight? Excellent question. So ventilation is very important in combination mm-hmm. with a radiant barrier. Now I'm going to assume that you've applied the radiant barrier to the inside of the roof trusses, what's actually uh, mounting and, and supporting your roof deck. You didn't apply it directly to the back of the deck, did you? No, I have the, I guess, are they called rafters? The kind of the joists yes, of the sir. roof, per se? Yes, sir. Um, the rafters. So, yeah, they're stapled there. I know the air gap is supposed to be critical for this thing to work properly. And I do have attic exhaust, which was actually another question of mine. My attic exhaust fan, it's also fairly old. Uh, since I have, like, a temperature thermostat control you do with a screwdriver, um, you know, it comes on a lot. An electric uh, fan on, on your roof deck? Uh, electric fan, it's blowing out the side of the house. Gable vent. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And um, that shroud on that fan, I noticed, has, like, gaps around it. Are those gaps supposed to be there? I put some extra boards up to kind of cover them up because I feel like it probably wasn't doing anything with all these gaps all the way around the shroud of the fan. Well, the theory behind the fan, whether it's a powered fan, an electric fan, or a solar fan, is is obviously you know how warm it can get in an attic space. And it's that oh, yeah. uh, that fan is designed to try to pull out that heat as quickly as possible. Now, that being said... Anytime you insulate the rafters of your attic, whether you go with a radiant barrier or a spray foam, you want to do all of it. The exterior walls, the rafters, the gables, and even the tight spots. Because if you leave any one spot uninsulated, that heat is going to transfer through that roof deck into an attic you've just put radiant barrier up, which is actually going to help a lot of that heat retention, and that's what we're trying to avoid. You want to block it the same way you would block it with your car windshield. The silver thing you pull up in the windshield of your car, if it's only covering one of the two windows, Mm -hmm. it's doing nothing. You have to have 100% coverage to eliminate that heat from transferring in. So, and then, which is one of the main reasons a lot of my installers are five foot two and 110 pounds is <laughs> it's a little bit easier to get into those tight spots, especially when working under the house as well. Yeah. Yeah. So although it is a little bit difficult uh, to get down there, there are other options um, where it starts getting very tight. Instead of pushing it all the way to the eaves, let it hang down right there into your insulation. At least that is going to keep the heat on the other side of the radiant barrier, preventing it from getting through into the attic space 
and causing the temperature to be raised. That electric fan that you have, you do not want visible from inside the attic. You want that on the back side of the radiant barrier. If that's where all the heat is, that's where you want that fan pulling that heat out. Does that make sense? When you say the back side of the radiant barrier, can you explain that a little more? Yes. So let's say we're standing in your, your attic right now, and you've got two roof pitches that come up to a single point. That's your ridge yep. vent. Mm-hmm. Sounds like my attic. You should have two-by-fours that are, are close to the peak that are connecting one roof pitch to the other. They call those collar yep. ties. Yeah. You want to go up the vault, across the collar ties, and if you have gable vents, most of the time those gable vents are above the collar ties, and then down the other vault. So you're building a triangular pocket yeah. where all the heat in the attic is being pushed up to the tallest point, and if your gable vent is located above that and you have a fan up there, it's going to help siphon that, uh, that heat out. Ah, that makes sense. I would also highly recommend having a ridge vent installed if you do not already have one. That will just improve the ventilation, and there's nothing to break. I mean, I'm a, a big fan of ridge vents. There's no yeah. moving parts. Yeah. Roofer can put one in at any time, and it's insurable. So if there's ever roof damage, insurance is going to replace the ridge vent as well, and that's just going to make the impact that much better. Interesting. I definitely didn't consider that. So my right. gable fan, I think, is not where you stated in the ideal scenario mine's uh, kind of right at head level you know i'm five foot six i stand there i can like i said i can touch it with a screwdriver i don't get on a ladder it's because i have an odd shaped um high ceiling on one side of the house and the other side of the house has the normal pitch so my my attic is kind of like an l shape and i really don't see the other half of the roof per se okay it's kind of in the living room with the high ceiling then i would probably reach out to roofworks uh or or you know any other roofing company in the area that you're familiar with or have a relationship with and i would yeah. try to have somebody come out and give you an estimate on what it would take to put in a ridge vent uh either that or you want to relocate that fan or replace that fan with a solar fan that can be mounted above the radiant barrier and do the same thing. Which is, again, something RoofWorks does. RoofWorks, and so do we. You know, and so do you. Yeah, you uh, you can go to us or RoofWorks. RoofWorks installs our fans for us. So if yeah. you come to us, we're going to still send out RoofWorks to put it in. Sure. Uh, but at least that way, it's not counterproductive. That's the knock I have on electric fans, is you're using electricity to cool off the attic to save mm -hmm. on electricity. So in most yeah. cases, it cancels itself out. So if you have the option to replace that fan, I'd recommend down the road with a, uh, going with a solar or doing a ridge vent. Those are going to be your better two options. Brian, the, the only thing I can say to you is when you do put your foot through the drywall, <laughs> we oh, can yeah. we call Brock and he will get you the name of a good drywall painter guy. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> it's you know, You're know yeah, you spending a lot of time in the attic. <laughs> All right. Take care, Brian. Thank you. Craig, the floor guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile, is here. Uh, second hour is Rhonda from Help Me Rhonda Interiors. Uh, Craig, talk to me about this um, luxury vinyl pl plank versus luxury vinyl tile. Are they essentially the same thing? Pretty much, just a visual difference. And the visual difference is that you've got plank. Uh, they call it plank. It's a, it's a it's a product that comes in a section that you put up that looks so much like tile that maybe people are you're going to put the tile industry out of business. What's the advantage of that? Uh, the cost. It doesn't cost near as much as the tile. 
Yeah, a lot less labor, less materials, um, installs in one day, so cost and, and speed of insulation. So it's a it less, one, one day project versus a two to maybe three day project. Less then, labor know, cost, and we're not we never yeah. talk about this, but less labor skill. I, I don't want to say that the people who put in luxury vinyl plank have less skill than somebody who's been putting in tile forever. I think it's faster. I think you think it's, it's faster. I think it's a little bit speedier of a process. Yeah. So. Like if you have tile and say yeah. that tile is old and dated or stained or cracked or something like that, and you're wanting to update your your tile floor, right? You got to take up all that tile mortar. Yep. I mean, it can cost just to take up existing tile, right? Cost the same amount as putting in a whole new LVT floor. <laughs> it's not fun. People are like, I'll, I'll do I'll do the demo myself. Demo tile is yeah. not like demoing yeah. drywall. It is no. not fun. Uh, we had we had a scenario last week where the guy was complaining about the cost of taking up and demoing the tile, and I yeah. might just do it myself, and this and this and that. And he got about a quarter way through it and gave up. Yeah, we came out. There was like one tile. You could tell he had <laughs> hit it with a hammer and chipped on it for you know an hour or whatever. Uh, but the and other- the whole time where they're working, he's talking about man. I understand now why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. There's there's the scenario with tile is that you then put a pool table on it or or somebody drops a hammer or something of significant weight and they break it right in the middle of the floor well i mean if it's is not there installed a repair properly, for that yeah you, you can i mean okay. if tile is installed properly um it's one of the most durable floors that you can you, you can get yeah absolutely so LVP and LVT have urethane or aluminum oxide wear layers. They're typically mm-hmm. 15 to 20, 25-year warranted wear layers. Yeah. And then the new waterproof laminates, which I talk a lot about, which I think are actually a better option than LVP and LVTs, have a AC4 rated, some AC5 rated uh, wear layer, which is even more scratch and scuff resistant and has a longer wear life. And yeah. then the only thing more scuff or scratch resistant than that is a glazed ceramic tile or a porcelain tile. So tile is still a great option if you're looking for just long-term durability. Right. But cost-wise, you've got tile, you've got mortar. Sometimes you need the the ceramic backer board. Right. And, you know what I mean? So there's more involved in it, which makes the cost more expensive. The, the, you, I, I like the look of it, but I'd like the look of it and not spend so much. Yeah, well, uh, that's one of the, the one of the benefits of the LVP and LVT is you can get the wood look of a twelve dollar a square foot hardwood floor for you know four five six dollars a square foot material labor everything, right? Or you can get the look of a a grouted tile floor, yeah, for the same amount of price, for, you know, for half the cost of a ceramic floor. And it literally has what appears to be grout in between. Yeah, there's a few different products. Some some have a, a assimilated grout line, yeah. um, and then there's actually products as well that you can actually put. They make a it's a, a glued down luxury vinyl tile. You glue it down, and yeah. then it comes with a pre mixed acrylic grout that's a stain proof flexible grout that you can actually grout it with as well. Wow. All right, so the lots of different options. Craig the floor guy is here from American Dream Flooring and Tile. And Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF.
FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, making your home great. Craig the Floor Guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile and Brock Hemmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Craig, we got a letter in from, from a listener, and uh, I, I, her handwriting is very, very beautiful and very cursive, so I may really? stumble a little bit over this because I can't read it. Uh, it says, Dear Craig the Floor, or Craig LaFleur. I think she means Craig the Floor Guy. I I decided to do my hardwood floors, redo my hardwood floors myself. I spent six weeks on the on the hardwood floor with a three-and-a-half-inch sander. I know now I should have gotten a bigger sander. I have dried everything off, and I've decided to, and, and I've, I've nearly finished with shellac. And I'm on my fourth layer of shellac. It looks just like a restaurant table. <laughs> Here is my problem, Craig. I have painted myself into a corner. The fourth layer is not dry, and yet I can't get to the rest of the room or even to the door. The And the question is, I think it boils down to, should I have instead called Craig at American Dream Flooring and Tile? <laughs> That's her question. Or, or had a Red Bull to fly your way back out of the room she once is, you're painted in the corner. Right. She is stuck near, <laughs> wow. and she mentions another part of this, that, that she's near a window. She is near a window, so she's got egress. <laughs> this letter was brought to us by Pigeon. That's how it got here. I, I don't know how she mailed the letter, but what is the Should she have done that herself? No, I don't recommend it. I mean, we do sand and refinish hardwood floors, and we yeah. use professional equipment to do it, and sanders and, and equipment that was it is made specifically just for refinishing hardwood floors. And that's not a DIY project, do you think? Not for most. No. Not for very, most people. Very little people. I you think could would. go you go working for Craig for about a year, and then maybe do it as a DIY project, but uh, you'd have to borrow the equipment from Craig. I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't do it. I've been doing construction twenty years, and that's not something I would would right. take on. I'd want to bring on somebody that that does this all day, every day. Her choice of finish, she's doing it in shellac. Yeah, no. is that what you use? No, you have better stuff than that. Yeah, well, a, a shellac on a floor is going to actually scuff and scratch very easily. Yeah, so. You know, and we, you would actually know what to do. It, we, if somebody has a hardwood floor and they've honestly forgotten what it originally looked like, when you sand it, it of course it has a lighter look. Am I correct? You're getting another layer of wood exposed. Yep. Yeah, we sand it all the way down to fresh raw wood. Can we then at that point choose a slightly different tone or color? Yep. Yeah, we, we do everything. We can make it. There's man, I don't know. There's tons of options. We do white washes and different shades of gray and browns and yeah, absolutely. All right, we so do them all the time. Sounds good. You don't have to write him a letter. He's here in the studio. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. She has a P.S. P.S. I have decided to jump out the window <laughs> to get out of here to get to onto the roof of the garage. Please tell Holly from how. From uh, from Roofworks that my gutters need cleaning, <laughs> and I will, and then she's got another PSS. PSS. I've decided to jump onto the rose bush. Oh, and then the final note says, "Ah, 
tuck and roll. Is it, ah. <laughs> All right. So there's a we get some weird letters here at the radio station. <laughs> Weird, that weird for, letters, weird calls. For Craig. We, we do it all. <laughs> we, will do it, we will do it all on making your home great. Craig the Floor Guy, American Dream Flooring and Tile. We are talking about flooring. You'll do a rug. You'll do hardwood. Yeah. Brand new or retrofit or whatever. Yeah. We can bind carpet and make custom rugs. Yeah. We do all types of hardwood flooring, complete kitchen and, and bath projects, uh, cabinets, countertops. He walked me through a project where we removed carpet and we put in luxury vinyl tile or luxury vinyl plank mm-hmm. in the living room that we liked it. Living room and kitchen, we liked it so much because it is waterproof and it was, you know, drop an ice cube. You don't care, but, you know, you let the dog lick it up. Uh, you don't have to pick up every spot on the floor. We liked it so much we went to the bedroom. Are people putting... Other than my family, luxury vinyl tile or luxury vinyl plank in the bedroom. Yeah, a lot of times that's we run it throughout the whole house: bathroom, kitchen, living room, bedroom. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I just heed folks out there that are considering doing it. You know, you can get these products just about anywhere, including all the big box stores, and they sell them as do-it-yourselfer products. Yeah. But if you do not follow the installation instructions to the T, and you don't know how to properly prep the subfloor to, uh, you know, alleviate humps and gaps and stuff. You will have a problem with that floor. So, and look, I met Craig on this show. That was the first time that that he and I yeah. um, were introduced to each other. But right. I became a fan of Craig and his company because of a mutual customer of ours that we had. And you know, if he's listening today, I'll just say Wally Simplify, brother. Uh, but I, I had a customer who had a, a major toilet leak. They went out of town. His toilet flooded his bathroom, his master bedroom, and the kitchen mm-hmm. caused, you know, unfortunately irreparable damage. And uh, he had brought us out to to seal his crawl space. So I instructed him to reach out to American Dream uh, and get Craig and his guys out there to assess the damage and find out what could be done. And Craig actually, you know, refloored the bathroom, the the master bedroom, the kitchen, and and while Craig's team was out there, uh, uh, he uh, while he paid Craig to also redo their entire kitchen. They installed cabinets and you know an island, and he just he went all out. And uh, when I went back over there to do my final inspection for the work that my team did in the crawl space, you know, Wally took me inside and we we looked at his bathroom, his bedroom, his kitchen. I went through opening drawers in the kitchen and, and closing them, and, and just the quality of the install that I saw, I could tell that they took a lot of pride in what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wally was just over the moon happy with the results that he got from Craig. And, and that was that was the day that I was sold on on what these guys do. I could see firsthand their, their quality, their attention to detail, and the fact that he was just over the moon happy with what they did for him. Uh, and now I send all of my customers that have any flooring issues to, to American Dream. In my house, I had I was not in the house during the repair. I was in work. I was at work. And it was like these guys were a mystery to me. Never met them because my wife did all the, yeah, we were doing this and doing the, all that. Other than the when we priced it and talked to Craig in the house, all that got done in a day. I was way at work, came back, and the floors were totally different, and that was a good thing. All of the 
all of the furniture in the living room was still, you know, put back in the exact spot it meant before, and they moved it when they did the project. Mm-hmm. Excellent work. So, Craig, you got a good crew. You really do. Yeah. Well, those guys have been working with me for, man, uh, over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some the, longer than that. The Craig, the floor guy, is here from American Dream Flooring and Tile. Uh, our two is Rhonda Binvy Plummer of Help Me Rhonda Interiors. Rock Evans of Triangle Radiant Barrier is here. Uh, our telephone number maintains an open policy, 919-860-9783. I haven't been informed whether or not we have Mudcats tickets <laughs> that would be free to the radio station to give to you. But eh, you call up. Sure, I'll, I'll t- t- take you to a game myself. I'll buy you a hot dog if you're that interested. Uh, could talk to Craig at 919-860-9783. What haven't we talked about in your area, Craig? Well, we have not talked about our Not Made in China sale that's going on right Ooh, now. Oh, I like the name of the the sale. Yeah, we have uh, Made in the USA products on sale right now. We have the luxury vinyl uh, plank flooring starting at, uh, man, I think it starts like 249 Wow. We have the 20 mil, which is very popular right now. Uh Made in the USA Mohawk for two ninety nine a square foot. Yeah. Uh, all our Made in the USA uh, stain-proof carpet is on sale. We can get carpet, padding, and installation starting at $2 a square foot. Wow. Now, I do have to mention there's a disclaimer that is carpet, carpet padding, and installation yeah. for $2 a square foot. Yeah. does not include taking up and removing the old carpet and disposing of it. If we need to do that, that's a whole nother $0.25 cents a square foot. Actually, that's not too bad. Twenty-five cents—that's that's that's, <laughs> no, that's pretty fair. No, but some of our customers they say, "Hey, you said it was going to be two dollars a square foot. Well, you got eight pieces of furniture and carpet. I mean, it's carpet pad and carpet installation. You mean you're you're not moving everything out of their house for free? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know that's how that works. <laughs> I know. I know. But the homeowner is more than welcome to move it for us if they would like. And, the, and they'll get about halfway through it and change your mind. Yeah. yeah. Now the other factor is people are hearing those numbers. They're writing, scribbling frantically, and then they're going to Big Box. They're going to the Big Box store. Well, what's the issue with Big Box um, stuff? Uh, Quality. Quality, lack of knowledge. I see people all the time. I'll run into one of the stores to grab something every once in a while, and I see people standing there just staring at the products just with this lost look in their eyes, and they're on their phone, and they're trying to figure out or – I'm just like, man, it's so hard just not to walk up to them and give them a card. Yeah, the big the big box stores, they stock stuff that they can sell in bulk volume. And unfortunately, right. bulk volume is not normally high quality. Yeah. It's lesser than. So right. that's what they stock. So well, if you're okay with that, great. If you're looking for good, high quality. And look, Craig carries everything from the bottom to the top. Yeah. So he can anything the big box stores have, he can get you the same stuff. But then his guys are going to come out with a professional crew to get it installed. They're not going to be subcontracted by a big box store, a big box store, and mm. do it wrong. And, and the other thing is, Craig's not going to carry really crappy stuff. No, it, he doesn't want to come back in five years and, and replace something. All right, that's it for this hour. Craig, the floor guy, American Dream Flooring and Tile, on making your home great. From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. We are on WPTF from 1 until 3 every Saturday for you. Call us up at 919-860-9783, especially for your interior design questions. 
an exterior also. Exterior, interior, uh, any kind of interior area. Rhonda Benvy Plummer <laughs> of Healthy Rhonda Interiors. Actually, the, it is true that I've got an exterior design project that's going on. Right. I have um, a patio area that we've improved. We we put a walkway to it. Right. <clears throat> and we haven't, other than that, really individualized. It's a patio with a fire pit. And then a <clears throat> squared off table, excuse me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> on the other side, because I like to go out because I'm suffering from tuberculosis and the, and the hot <laughs> summer heat helps me. Uh, but but I like more I like more color in it. You know, there's a lot of stuff that they you, you can buy for the for your patio, the furniture and stuff. We bought nothing but white and black. Mm-hmm. I'd like more color. Do you have a solution for me? Pillows. I knew knew she was going to say pillows. Pillows. I'm leaving. Plus plus flowers. You know, bringing in, you know, container pots that have different colors to them and bringing in flowers and plants will give you, you know, natural color, which is really pretty too. But sometimes the really cool little pillows on your little sofas, you know, can add a little pillow. I mean, it had a little color. We really need a sofa out there. We need a sofa tall enough or long enough for a fella to sleep on it. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. I mean, we have a pool outside, and 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 to her point, she's yeah. absolutely right. All yeah. of our our outdoor pool furniture, you know, standard black and white. But you know, my wife put colored pillows out there, and oh, a, yeah. a little centerpiece that ties in with the pillows flowers. on on the table, and then flowers around the pool. And she's absolutely right; it completely changes the environment. And think about the containers too. You know, like the containers you put, like if you're going to do some container gardening out there, mm, yeah. maybe the containers have some like cool colors to them, you know, whatever. Like, have you have you ever been like to Mexico or anything mm-hmm. like that and you've seen like some of the poolscapes? Yes. Like they'll be completely plain, but then they'll have like these wild colored, you know, containers and stuff to add that splash of color. It's really cool. Or maybe the mosaic tiles that add it. I should get those banners. The Mexican banners mm-hmm. that have little artwork on them, mm-hmm. po- poked in, you know, like right. 3D. Oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe get some of those skulls that they do no, for, yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> I have you watched, um, there's a kid's movie, Coco. No, I haven't seen oh, Coco. Oh, it's uh, inspiring colors. Let me just, takes all place, it takes place in Mexico, inspiring colors. Just beautiful. Yeah, Me- Mexico does not like. For color, it's no. really cool when you go. And and there's the, the Florida, 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 mm-hmm. and you know it picks up the Cuban accents. I'd yeah. like something like that. Yeah. So think about the flowers, the pots, the pillows. Yeah. You know anything like that, and don't forget sometimes you've got a place to put art too. If you've got a screened-in porch, hang some art. Make sure it's like a canvas, you know, or something like that. You don't frame. You don't have to frame it, but just like canvas art is going to be good out outdoors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe landscapes landscapes for sure yeah okay excellent idea Rhonda benvy plumber is from uh help me Rhonda interiors and you are not the whole company no this is it. we need to emphasize this a lot especially since the company's named after you All right <laughs> exactly so uh i own the company and then i have an assistant Allie. yeah it's her name and then i have an office manager ryan and then i have a remodel team brent and he's the construction manager, and then Paige is my project manager. And when we talk remodel team, mm-hmm. these the, these individuals do not just paint a wall. 
or they are, you know, on a day-to-day basis there. Talk to me about a project that's recent that involves maybe, you know, 20-pound hammers. All right. So we are doing a kitchen remodel right now. Yeah. Um, you know, so wall came out. Okay. Um, you made the kitchen bigger. Oh, yeah. Made the, you know, all new cabinets, all new flooring, all new paint, new baseboards, new crown molding, uh, new plumbing fixtures, new light fixtures. Wow. I mean, just pretty much, you know, just updated his ha- whole house pretty much. And how did mm-hmm. it turn out? It's in a progress right now. Probably right. got a few more weeks to go. So that's one of the, you know, most uh, yeah. current one. Yeah. Um, and then we do, then we've got another one going on that's just a master bathroom. Right. You know, just so, a master bathroom. Uh-huh. That's a, that can be a significant thing. <laughs> it can. You know, so this one was a complete tear out as well. You know, yeah. all new tile. You know, pretty much cosmetic. Everything kind of stayed in the same place. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, updating. You know, so all cosmetic upgraded her cabinet a little bit and you know, she's doing the LED lights, you know, medicine cabinet things, which are very popular right nice, now. Nice. So she loved that. And, you know, so just all those little updates and tweaks. Uh, I worry for people, people worry generally when they're bringing somebody in, then they say, we're going to knock out this wall and we're going to reshape your house. Some people say, well, you know, if that would have been a good thing, then my first architect, the original builder, would have done it this way. Talk talk to me about that. Well, I think you still have two kinds of people. You still have the people who like the open floor plan, and you have the people who don't. Okay. I think it's um, part of a lifestyle. You know, think about, um, you know, the smaller house where you've only got so many rooms and you work from home. Yeah. The open floor plan sure. doesn't work well for that. You know, yeah. if you got kids running around and you're trying to use, you know, the dining room, right, that isn't yeah. enclosed, then that doesn't work well, you know, for um, working at home. So, you know, compartmentalize. I think there's a good balance of it, and I think it depends on how, how individual people live. Like, I like an open floor plan because that's kind of the way we live, Yeah. right? Um, but, you know, my husband works from home all the time, but we have a secluded place for him, you know, right. so he can close the door. And it's a good thing. It's yeah. private, you know. Somewhere in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is the he shed. Right. You know, when I'm not out on the road, you know, my office, one of the bedrooms is my office. And then I have the design, my design center out in, you know, in a different building behind my house. Yeah. You know, and that's where my employees work. You know, so, you know, I think it depends on, you know, the individual family. The open floor plans are still very, very popular. And I think some people get overwhelmed with uh, open floor plans, not because it is the way that they live, but it's like, how am I going to arrange my furniture here? I don't understand how I'm yeah. going to do this. Yeah. And so I get that a lot too. So, you know, you're still separating the spaces, even though it's, you know, one big space, but you're separating it not by walls, but by furniture, rugs, you know, those types of things. So you still have some separation of space. It's just that if your kitchen and living room together, then whoever's in the kitchen can still you know, talk and see people in the living room. Yeah. You know, it's kind of nice. The, the house feels bigger with, with feels an open so floor plan. Bigger. When you're taking walls out and you're separating uh, or right. you're removing, you know, separate spaces and it's all, I mean, it just makes the house feel bigger, right. uh, a lot more open. Believe it or not, easier to heat and cool. 
Yeah. Really? When, yeah. Uh, Circulation's better, it, right? Circulation is much better. When, you, mm-hmm. when your house is chopped up into 12 rooms, right. you only have a thermostat in one of those rooms. That thermostat right. is only reading the temperature in that room. Right. So if you have an open floor plan, helps with circulation, helps keep the bills lower. Yeah. Uh, it's just, a, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, a better design. You know, there, there are ways you use your kitchen and adjacent dining room or living room. And there are ways you don't. Right. I know a lot of people who got in their house and said, you know something, I can't fit more than three or four people safely in this kitchen. Right. Otherwise, they're leaning against the stovetop. I I would like to have a situation where six or seven people could exist in my dining room and kitchen mm-hmm. talking to each other, right? Mm-hmm. That's an open floor plan. We need yeah. an open floor plan. Exactly. I mean, I had a house that I did in Cary, and their dining room and kitchen was separate. Like, the dining room was in the front of the house. The right. kitchen was, on, you know, right with it. You know, it was just separated by a wall. So we just rip out that wall, put the mm-hmm. kitchen and the dining room all together, yep. you know, in one big space, expanded the kitchen. And it, boy, it was just such a huge difference. Yeah. So they went from, you know, being able to see none in the kitchen right. and then they had the dining room to be able to have both and still have, you know, a bar to set people at the kitchen. Well, you, so, mentioned, you mentioned the bar because I know somebody who had a bar with a significant lip. Right. You know, it was perfect for sitting up against... And and you're putting your feet feet and legs underneath, right? And sitting and having drinks, right? And then they get an extension to the bar, perfect for slicing vegetables and doing stuff like that. Yeah, I would say nine out of the ten kitchen remodels we're doing, if they have like a raised bar where yeah. it's up higher than the kitchen countertops, we're knocking it down. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Right. We, we, what, yeah. we what they went in and did. They were responsible. Well, responsible people. They were. They were less than party goers. Okay. <laughs> they never had somebody over drinking drinks at the bar, and they never chopped vegetables. Right. They took the extension to the island right off. Mm-hmm. They shortened the the height of the, it. The height. No, they didn't shorten the height. Uh-huh. They shortened the width. They said, "You know something? This is a countertop. I don't need it eight feet." long so that people can put their legs underneath there we don't have any friends who like to sit on those kinds of chairs let's lop it off they bought themselves what felt like 50 square feet of room right right it just turned into a different thing it turns into a different thing so it's more popular now to have that overhang at counter height versus bar height yeah. You know, so especially in the open floor plans, to me, it looks better because it's an even plane. Yeah. And it it is just so more conducive because, like you said, it's got more room to not only use it as a place to sit, but as a place for, you know, chopping vegetables or yeah. a little buffet line if you yeah. wanted to make a buffet line during the holidays. Or yes. It's just more conducive to a whole lot of different things versus that one that's six inches higher just for the bar. Right. And me, I don't like mm-hmm. people, so we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't often invite people to come over and have sip, sip drinks at, at the Alexander household. Uh, we've got Rhonda Benvy Plummer of Help Me Rhonda Interiors. Take advantage of her experience during today's show by dialing 860-9783. If you have any leftover questions for Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier, who didn't say anything about the crawl spaces in the last hour of the show. 
No, I did not. Dave? I do have good news, though, Dave. What do you have? What's that? We do have a 25-year Cape Fear Seafood gift <gasps> certificate to give away with a good question this Cape, hour. Cape Fear Seafood. Cape Fear. $25 gift certificate. Did our and fella give you a script? He That was the script that I just Cape read Fear to Seafood. You. Okay. And Cape I think they just opened a new one in Wake Forest. I think I heard that. Yeah. They did. And the, and mm-hmm. the, food, the food is good no matter. It's got to be with a question, one? though. Yeah. Well, how much food do I get? How much food do I get? $25? $25. All right. Well, That's a good size the, meal. Yeah. That would be the question and answer. That's coming up on the show. If you dial 919-860-9783, making your home great on WPTF. <music> FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. We've got food for you. You just call us up, 919-860-9783. Be caller number one. I, if we don't, you know, you take the question. We'll take them. I'm not going to make you be caller nine. <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> it. It's going to be caller 25 today. It's a $25 Cape Fear seafood. Yeah. <laughs> Gift certificate. You know, one of the things that I've yeah. noticed has become really popular with the kitchen remodels lately are the size of the islands that they're putting in these open floor plans. You know, we had a customer a couple of weeks ago that was doing a kitchen renovation. They were yeah. knocking a wall down and opening yeah. up the space. And they had a normal little island in there when I was there. But yeah. when I came back to do the follow-up inspection for the work that we had completed, right. they had already installed this new island. And I was just baffled. It was like four or five feet wide by like yeah. 12 feet long. <laughs> I was like, that's not an island. That's a continent. That, that How... How did you do? Well, we wanted, you know, we wanted room for cooking, everything, beautiful marble uh, oh, countertop, wow. and, and they really went all out. But in the, the middle. In the middle of the kitchen. Well, and they had to knock down a wall to get the access to be able to put something that size. But, right. you know, they went with uh, like a white marble with uh, brass, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just sitting here looking at it, and I'm like, see, I wouldn't have been able to put this together. I would have needed an <laughs> interior design person to come in. It's uh, funny. Everybody likes the big islands, myself included, especially mm. when you're a cook. You know, when you, you like that, especially bakers and stuff like that, they really like it. Yeah. Marble is very, you know, good for doing pastries, you know, and all of that. But, I mean, I've actually had to, like, decrease the size because the person didn't want a seam, mm-hmm. you know, and the granite or quartz pieces are only so big. Right. Right. You know, so you have to think about that, too. And a lot of people don't think about that when they're wow. designing their kitchen. Yeah. You know, um, you have, like, jumbo pieces of quartz, um, but, you know, you're you're kind of limited if you get really, really big on the sizes of countertop that you can do unless you want a seam in it. Mm-hmm. And a seam is not attractive in a big island. It, I, it's you know, not attractive in my island. Right. I have a, well, it's not even an island. It's the, uh, it's where the sink goes. Right. And uh, that whole time we go to open, open floor plan. There's a, a one section that's not open that has cabinets in it. I don't know why they would do that, but it's open to the living room and kitchen. And they put the seam in the most visible spot possible. Yep. What that, they were thinking. What they were thinking. That it, this, it, it's common. I yeah, see that all the time. Yeah, that's one of the things. Like the granite company that I recommend, they send me, you know, a layout and uh, showing me how they're cutting it and so forth. Yeah. And that is one of the things that I look at big time. 
right. is like where the seams are, how many seams are there. If it if it doesn't look like it's in a good spot, then I go back to um, the granite company and I'll go, mm. Mm, can we mix? Sometimes you can't because we're using that whole slab and yeah. we don't want to have to go into another slab or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, can we do this, 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 and this? And most yeah. of the time they can, you know, yeah. or want the flow a little bit better or something. And, you and, know, so. and, and you, your end you want the color to match, and sometimes as the granite companies don't know that, right? I mean, mine, don't, mine, don't know the in, mine's really good, but you know you want that flow to match. You know, so like when you go to pick out big pieces of granite, yeah. you know, whatever quartz is easy because all the quartzes are the same. I mean, yeah. their patterns, okay. everything's the same. But with you know granite, you want to pick like if you needed two slabs, you want to pick what they call bookmark ends. That means like when you put them together, the yeah. grains and everything match. Yeah. And so that way, it's easier when they have to turn corners and stuff for that flow to keep going the correct way. Okay, Janet's yeah. got a question okay. either for Rhonda Benby Plumber of Help Me Rhonda Interiors or Brock Hemmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Hi, Janet. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. What's going on? I have on? a question. I'm a senior citizen, and I'm interested in a walk-in tub. Mm. Walk-in tub. A walk-in and tub. And uh-huh. presumably, to finish your thought, maybe Rhonda Benvy Plummer can help. What do you think? I hope so. Right. So are you talking about one of those where you can open the door of the tub, and then that way you, you're just walking in and you, you still want to keep a tub? I want to step in, yes. Yes. So um, they, I have personally haven't done a lot of those. Um, I know I have a couple of clients that have them, and, you know, they're taking them out. Oh. <laughs> so I know I think um, everybody is kind of switching to, you know, more of the shower. Um, I know a lot of my older older clients, the reason for that is they say that they have a hard time getting up and down from a tub. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so once you're sitting in the tub, they're having a you know a harder time as they got older to yeah, be able well, to right. get up. I'm 82, and I like to, I like to just, I love to have the, um, the spa part, which just mm. yeah, so you can just sit there and relax. I mean, yeah. I've got one one client. I kid you not, she sits in the tub and watches a whole movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's got like a a TV there, and like literally, I would be shriveled up to nothing. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But I haven't done a whole lot of those. Um, but the people who do have them, they tend to like them. Um, but you know, the big thing to think about is, you know, as you age, are you going to be able to use it? I don't think they're the cheapest things in the world to put in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're kind of costly, but if, you know, if you like to be able to do that, then I think they're a good alternative to be able to get in and out easily for sure. In most cases, those those type of tubs also work better with the tankless water heater. Absolutely, you know those those walk-in tubs. You're having to use a lot more water yeah. to get it up to the the level you want it, where it's comfortable. A standard tub, those things stand about two feet off the ground. If that, yeah. you're only pumping in about a foot and a half worth of water. But yeah. those walk-in tubs, you're having to pump in two and a half, three and a half feet. Mm-hmm. So if you have a standard water heater, it I'm willing to bet it. you money you're going to run out of wa- hot water about a quarter of the way through Mm -hmm. so before pulling the trigger on that i would look into whether or not uh, putting in a tankless water heater uh, would be a good option for you and if it is then then i might entertain having one of those walk-in tubs installed but i wouldn't do it without it 
And I would oh. make sure, too, that um, you have a lot of grab bars and stuff like that. That's right. And in good places, not just one. But um, I know the one client that I have that has it, we have one on the side and we have one on the back. And one kind of really close down to the tub so that she's able to, you know, push her, you know, her herself up a little bit uh-huh. better. So okay. thinking about the grab bars is always a good thing. Okay. Janet, I've heard you, you want to ask somebody who does that, how long it takes to fill up that tub. I think about the idea that you will be sitting in that tub and then waiting for the water to come up, which is a totally different experience to what you might enjoy in a tub now. You get into a whole tub right. of yeah. water. Unfortunately, you have to get in, close the door, then then turn the water on. Obviously, yes. you can't fill up the tub and then right. open the door. That's all out there. I would venture to say probably 20 to 25 minutes oh my. to fill it up. If you have a tankless hot water, I'd say 20 to 25 minutes. So you might bring your, your cell phone or a laptop or a, a TV <laughs> in the bedroom, something to keep my got a good TV. book, something to keep you entertained. Uh, no, the, but the, the client that I was talking about that, you know, she has the heater. You know, so a heater on that is not a bad idea either, or the water gets cold really, really fast. Yeah. And I think that if I was going to, you know, spend 20 minutes filling the tub, I at least want to enjoy it for a little while and without it getting cold. Well, Janet, thank sure. you. Thank you very what, much. What price, uh, well, I don't know the price of it, but. Uh, uh, Janet, I, we've got we've to go. The news fellow wants to talk. Hold on okay. just a moment. Well, that's all right. Listen, thank you so much for thank that. You and thank you. Thank you. To really think about. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Apparently, Michael Jordan has sold his stake in the Hornets, and he's making a little bit of extra money. That's what I heard. That's <laughs> uh, a good thing. I think they said $3 billion. If you had $3 billion to put into your house, what would you have Rhonda Benby Plummer <laughs> of Help Me Rhonda Interiors do oh i just let her loose i mean with my wife's permission yeah. but you know if, if, if my wife is okay with it i'd say Rhonda, every room just do your thing do it do yes. it right i want it just a work of art in here and i can sit back and and drink a beer on the porch and let mm-hmm. her do her thing and just relax you it's mentioned- so funny when you work with guys yeah guys are always like just bring me two options i don't want <laughs> i don't want to look at anything uh, yep I don't want to look at all of it. Yeah. Just bring me two options. Women's like, can I be part of the party? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. You know, so it's just totally different. Really? It's totally different when you're working with a, with a guy in general than you are with a woman. I, I have a few guys that want to see it all, but usually it's like just two options. It's funny because men are traditionally solutions oriented. Right. That is, if you talk to a man about a problem, He'll try to solve it, even though you don't care. Right. I get in trouble for that a lot. It's just the way y'all wired. I'm supposed to just listen, but I I listen and then want to correct the problem. But but Mm -hmm. if you involve a woman, hypothetically his wife, uh, in a project, this will be a whole process. And an organic movement. Yeah. Uh, Well, you might have started out with, you know, putting rocks in yes. the flower bed and now you've gone all the way to reconcreting the driveway <laughs> <laughs> it's like a domino effect right when you get the woman involved <laughs> my gosh i've never noticed that yes i never in my lifetime noticed that right the, but it's the way it is kind of so 
let's talk about minor things, not not major knock down the wall and put in, you know, re- repaving things. Talk about accent walls and painting. Right. And small things I can do in my house. I love a little bit of color. I love forest green. Mm-hmm. There's no place for us with forest green. We have we have agreeable gray everywhere. Mm. What can we do to bring just a color? Are we talking about accent pieces? Like, you know, I like old radios. Can I get some and just paint them green? Yeah. And put them up? Would that do it? Well, greens are neutral. You know, when you get when you stay in those warm, like, earthy greens, yes. they're considered a neutral. I mean, so they, they pretty much go with everything. Really? Yeah. You know, so... You could have an accent wall of a green, okay. but it just needs to be a certain, can't be a lime green. You know, it needs oh, to be, you know, amen. A, think earthy green. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, when you've got, you know, the, the gray, some of the grays have a green undertone. So the warm grays are green undertoned. So yeah. that means they have that color coming through them. And so when you take a green gray and you put it with a green that has like the, brownie green undertone not the blue green undertones then that goes with the grays and Mm. i look you dave i wish you could see your face like i am talking another language it is yeah (laughs) it it is here's the thing there's i believe that there's something either i'm being gaslighted by women everywhere (laughs) or there is some sense of color that i just don't get you're telling me that there's an undertone to my gray. Every color has an undertone. Every I, color. I was under know? the impression there were seven colors until I met Rhonda. <laughs> and when I realized there were nine different types of grays, and it's just and greens and reds and blues. Right. It's so just, your, your grays yeah. start from like your purple gray. So oh, they'll yeah. have like a purple undertone. Yeah. And then they go to the blue undertones. And then they go to the brown undertones. And then they go to the green undertones. And so that that's where you get your whole array of grays so have you ever gone by a house and you know outside of the house and you look at it and you go god that house looks purple Mm -hmm. i can guarantee you the people thought that they were either getting a gray or they were getting a beige but they ended they didn't see that purple undertone in it and so when it hit the outside light it turned purple yep you know so that's where a designer can help you is with those undertones. Some people see them when you point them out. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't see them at all, and that's okay. You just don't see the color. But, like, I have a lot of clients that when I show them and I compare it, they can see it once I point it out. And there's an emotional thing associated with some of these colors. You call them warm right, or something else, you know, warm or cool uh-huh. or neutral. Right. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe. It. Does that mean we're happier when we see the warm tones? I think warm tones are cozier. Yes, cozier. you know they they feel more like nature. Yeah. Does that make sense? Warm sure. tones. That's kind of the way you can think of those. Whereas cool tones are more like you know the blues. Um, they're a little bit more think crisp. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way that I would describe them. They're a little bit more crisp, a little bit more vivid. Yes. They're cooler tones. Yes. Um, you know, then there's different hues of colors as well. Oh, no. You know? <laughs> oh, no. Come on. I just got used to tones. Right. Undertones. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, color is just like a. It's just a whole other world, and it I think is. people can see it or they don't see it. Like they know how to mix color, 
like I can sit down, you know, with all the primary colors and I know exactly what to pick to make a color. Yeah. Right. You know, because I see color. I, I know what's in the tones, whereas some people were like, God, oh, I didn't know that that made green when you put those two together. Right. You know, just don't get that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The navy blues also look very, very good on on gray. Yes, they do. You know, the yeah. accent walls, the deep, rich navy blues, even like your shirt that you're wearing nowadays. Yeah, it's dark blue. Uh, the, yeah. the dark blues look really good uh, on accent walls. And you know what else? Walls. It's like What's... mustard yellows. Okay, so when I say mustard, I'm, th- I'm thinking like Dijon mustard yellow. So mm-hmm. if you think about yellow is a really good one to, to go because we can go from very like bright, intense yes. yellows like the sun. Yes. But the more brown that it starts to get into it, right, the warmer it gets, right? So if the more brown that it has in it, mm-hmm. the better it looks with the warm grays and the navies yeah. versus that really vivid Limey, greeny yellow. Does that make sense? Like sun yellow. If my wife hears this and goes and buys a bunch bunch of accent things that are Dijon colored, I am literally, she's going to put them on a shelf. (laughs) I am literally going to buy some mustard and put it right next to it. There you go. So that it would be, well, it just matches. It It pulls the whole thing together. I what always is, tell people, you know, when when it's springtime, summertime, and you yeah. don't know what colors you like, just yeah. go around, drive around, and look at people's gardens and, like, go, oh, well, I like that combination of yeah. color. Yeah. You know, nature tells you a lot what looks good together. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of the way you have to look at it. And, you know, like, when I'm, I have my fan deck when I'm picking colors for people, and I'm able to show them, yeah. okay, you see how, what this yellow looks like with this? It doesn't look that great. Just look at it. And, you, you and know, you're but, in but sunlight, sh- partial mm-hmm. sunlight at least. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. so I try to teach as I go along too, you know, to help them come up with that palette that they want. And then my job is to make sure that it's the right color, the right, right tone of that yellow or that blue or that green that's all mixing together. I, I'm going to have to take your mo- – your, <laughs> your, uh, My word for it. Your word for it. I, I, it's not that I disagree. It's that – I misunderstand so greatly that I'm going to let you do it. Wouldn't it be nice to hire an interior designer who understands this? Exactly. I mean, I think about all the times. I've been doing this for 28 years now. So I think about all the times I've gone to people's houses, and they've probably spent $300 on um, paint can swatches and put it on their wall. Yeah. You know, so, I mean – I can pick out colors for you a whole lot cheaper than that. Yeah. You know, uh, so that's kind of the way you have to look at it. They, they sit there with a stripe of wall. You know, they striped it. Well, that looks right. Oh, they get another paint. Which is a horrible a horrible way to test colors on the wall anyway. Is it? Is yeah. it really? Well, you're not going to get that true tone if, you, if your wall is, you know, bright yellow right now and you're going to right. a gray when right. you paint that gray on the wall it is not going to look the same as when you get gray all over the whole wall it's just not okay yeah no matter what the paint can says it says uh what what is stuff you put on the wall you're supposed, supposed to put on the wall before you paint primer 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 mm-hmm. the thing says no primer right do you prime the um i think the only time that my painters prime is new walls 
you yeah. need to prime new drywall. Yeah. And then if it's a really deep based color, like right. a reds definitely need to be primed. You get a color. Dark blues. Up. So anything that's yeah. got like a um, really deep pigment to it. Right. If you're going lighter color, then you need to prime. All right. Mm-hmm. Rhonda Benvy Plummer of Help Me Rhonda Interiors is here. That's not really technically your only company. You have the the furniture, furniture company. Yeah. So um there's sometimes when people just need some furniture and they really don't want a designer. Yeah. They just want some furniture. Yeah. You know, as big as our area is, there it in a lot of furniture stores. You know, yeah. so um I have it set up where, you know, if you just want some furniture, then you can just come to my design center and my assistant will help you pick out fabrics and stuff and a couch and a chair, yeah. anything that you need. If you need a dining room table, if you need anything, then she can help you pick all of that out. Or or if she is actually doing the design for your room and everything yeah. looks perfect, but you have that one piece of furniture that just doesn't tie in, yeah. Rhonda might know the perfect piece in her collection that right. would fit right into that spot and bring the room together. And See? I usually already know it because I'm, I know all the products. of. I probably have about 150 different companies. Right. And so I know the I know the furniture, <laughs> you know, yeah. I know it. Well, and I know. usually already have it in my head when I walk into your house, right. what piece would look good. Yeah, Right. And you base that on what? 28 years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but the other, the other things in the room, what, the other accents yeah. we already are in love with? Right. Exactly. So, you know, I might come in and just like what he said, maybe, maybe they've already gotten new furniture or they're going to use the existing furniture that they have, mm-hmm. like their sofa and the chairs. But they had like this big old armoire piece for their oh, TV yeah. and they want to get rid of that and update it. Amen. But you still want that really pretty piece under your TV, then maybe that's what I'm picking out for them. And right. I kind of already will know once I go into their house, you know, what pieces will look good. Or what lighting is need needed mm-hmm. to make that space look good. You remember it was several weeks ago, Rondo was on the show talking to us about the different types of lighting yeah. and just how different it can make a room look with the furniture Sheesh. you already have. Yeah, That kind of stuff, I mean, you need knowledge for that. You need to know exactly what type of light looks good with these colors. Right. People are in love with LED lighting. Yeah. And I don't want them to be discouraged. I find it harsh. Now, I, hearing well, I, that from me, you right. would make some judgments. Well, LED, there isn't just one level of light. Mm-hmm. So it, it's called the Kelvins. Yes. So Kelvins is going to tell you the temperature of that bulb. So mm. they've got 2200, which is like an old Edison bulb that right. literally it's yellow, it's like yellow and it puts mm-hmm. out no light whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Really? So that's like 2200 Kelvins. Yeah. 2700 kelvins is is you know a little bit brighter mm-hmm. it's still got that yellow undertone to it yeah 3000 kelvins is to me the perfect light it's kind yeah. of like daylight it's not too yellow it's not too blue yeah. anything over that 3000 is going to start to get really bright probably what you're describing you know um think you know 4000 5 5000 is like hospital yeah, you or, know, or like search, surgery. Yeah, you know, search lights. Yeah, right. Yeah. Very bright. You know, like we've got, like I put four thousand kelvins on my back deck lights because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be really bright mm-hmm. out there because my dog's in the fence, you know, and all of that. Yeah. But I would never put that in my house. Right. You know, so three thousand kelvins is like perfection. It's the perfect, perfect light. And then you got lumens. So lumens is 
how much light it yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if you have a bulb that is putting out like 400 lumens, that's equivalent to about our 40 watt bulb. Right. Right. 800 right. lumens is going to be equivalent to about our 60, 75 watt old bulb, you know, back in the old days. <laughs> yeah. You know, so lumens is going to tell you, like if you're picking out a, a ceiling fan that has integrated LEDs, yeah. those lumens that they have listed there when you're buying that fan is going to tell you how much light that that's going to put out all right now i'm gonna i'm gonna give some great news to everybody listening okay you do not have to understand lumens and kelvins <laughs> there will be no test what you have to do is call Rhonda benvy plumber of help me Rhonda exactly. Interiors. she understands both of them and we're going to pick up this conversation in just a moment also brock emmons of triangle radiant barrier is here this is making your home great fm 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. We talked ourselves around in circles during the commercial break. <laughs> uh, we are We are on uh, right, well, Lumens and Kelvin story. Uh, we got Rhonda Benvy Plumber of Help Me Rhonda Interiors. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And Brock, you're, t- you're telling me you've done chicken coops? We we have insulated chicken coops. I but mean, they've got to be big. Uh, they're much larger than you would think. These things are eighty to hundred feet long and yeah. twenty feet wide. And you're insulating them. We are. We're starting right. to use a lot of different uh, radiant barrier products to help with insulation. Uh, <laughs> you know, and talking about the the bulbs we were just discussing. Yeah. When LEDs came out, uh, you know, a lot of these um, a lot of these farmers use old school bulbs to help heat the chickens yeah. and, and and heat that space and yeah. They're you know harder to find with the the production of LEDs uh, moving forward in the future. So a lot of them have turned over to small space heaters with heavy duty insulation right. to help uh, help retain a lot of that heat in the winter time. It was very cheap. Mm-hmm. You just get a sixty watt bulb and that heats your chicken coop. Right, right. And, and those and are a little bit harder to find <laughs> today. Today, not so bad. You can you can still find them today. Ten, fifteen years from now, they nah. they might be very difficult to find. Yeah. Sure. Rhonda Benvy Plumber of Help Me Rhonda Interiors is here. Are people putting wallpaper on their walls? Oh, yeah. Are wallpaper. they back doing it? Wallpaper is very, very, very popular. Wow. Mm-hmm. I probably, every house I'm doing, I'm probably doing at least one wall wallpaper mm. and somewhere. What, and and do you, where are you putting it? Which kind of rooms? I would say powder rooms. I would say like. Just accent walls, like maybe in a master bedroom, you yeah. know, like the bed wall, maybe. Yeah. I think it depends on, you know, the layouts and stuff. Um, kids' rooms. Right. Um, you can get really fun things. You can get really fun room. things. Yeah. And it's very washable. Yeah. You know, oh, amen. You know, so it really is, is it holds up well in kids' rooms. You yeah. know, and today's wallpaper, like, you know, if I go somewhere and it's somebody, you know, that knows the old wallpaper and how hard it was to take it down and how mm. it would ruin your walls. Wallpaper's different now. The glues are different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really good wallpaper has different types of glues on it that, you know, if the wall is prepared the way it's supposed to be, which mm. my installer does, it's called sizing your wall. It's a uh, like a almost like a primer type thing that you put on yeah. your wall. Yeah. And then you put the way, wallpaper up. It's not going to be hard to take down if you know how to take wallpaper down. It's not going to ruin your walls like it used to. 
You know, and we um, think of wallpaper. We think of the 1960s, 70s, 80s flor- yes. floral design <laughs> with the you know the yes. little flying cherubs uh, on it. The stuff they have today, you can get solid color. Yeah, picture just, just a deep blue solid yeah. color. There's no design on it at right. all. Right. You put it up on the wall. There's no paint swipes. No right, everything is a perfect color, and right. then down the road, if you decide you don't want that color anymore, you want to switch to another one. You take it off and put a yeah. new rich wallpaper up. The they stuff they have today have is the, great. They also have the new peeling sticks as well. I haven't really gotten into those the too what? much. They're peeling stick oh, yeah. um, wallpapers. Um, they're very pricey for the really really good ones. And, you know, a lot of people just regular, would rather do the, uh, the old school way, yeah. but it's, um, it's a new technology. Kind of think about, you know, like your sticky note, yes. you know, like a post-it note, you know, in wallpaper backing. So it stays on the wall. And then if you, when you get tired of it, you just peel it right off. And the word, the word I would express being a, uh, you know, a fellow who's raised a couple of kids, if they're asking for something on the walls, they're only going to be in your house for a period of time. Sad news, but true. Yeah. Some period of time, they're either going to become teenagers or they're going to want to move out. Mm-hmm. And you're going to look at that wall and it's got Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to say, what did I do? They love the Winnie the Pooh. They love the bright, oh, we, we put these things on the wall. They're right. beautiful. They love it. Love them through the wall. For when they're there. Right. Then as soon as they're gone, rip it down. I think when you're doing kids' rooms, you know, you have to think about it in stages. So Mm -hmm. you've got, you know, the nurseries, right? And then you have, you know, you try to make the nurseries last until they're like five or six years old, Mm -hmm. right? And then you you have like the six to the teen, like preteen. And then that's when you would probably do it again that would grow into the space. So usually what I try to do, especially if you're doing something like wallpaper, is like to make sure that what you're picking kind of kind of grow into it if you don't want to redo it again. Yeah. Mm. You know, so that might be something as simple as, you know, a really pretty grass cloth, you know, or something. It doesn't necessarily have to be a design, but it's more about texture. Grass cloth is what? Grass cloth is like real, like grass, like that's made into a wallpaper and it's very textured. Oh, yeah. They also make ones that are um, faux. I mean, they look like grass cloth, but right. they're not. Right. Well, I've so, seen those. Yeah. So, in other words, they're very washable. A real grass cloth is not washable. You okay. have to dust it. Oh, yeah. Right. You I'm know, a, it's like no, you no, take no, your no. vacuum cleaner and dust it. Dust the wall. Right. You dust the walls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one more thing for me to do, I guess. <laughs> I need you to go dust the wall. The good thing about a grass cloth is it's pretty timeless. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. I mean, it's pretty timeless. It never I, goes out. It just really doesn't ever go out. It really doesn't. <laughs> what um, colors are they? Oh, they have them in every color imaginable. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Grass. We learn things all the time. I, I wish I would have had it. that when we purchased our house. The, yeah. the home we bought, uh, the previous owner had two small children, and, yes. and both of the finished basement uh, bedrooms were painted, you know, sky blue and a very, very rich pink. <laughs> you know, so obviously we had to go in and spend a fortune to repaint everything downstairs. And if there, it would have been a wallpaper that I could quickly remove, uh, yeah. that just would have been great and a lot less expensive. <laughs> my do- my daughters decided that they wanted to paint their rooms. They were going to provide the labor. I provide the paint. Right. They get to choose the color. One daughter chose 
barn red. Okay. <laughs> and it was just an accent wall because she ran out of energy for it. She just did one wall right. as barn red. The new owners of the house, hey, it's their job. <laughs> it's not my job. But but they would have had to have primed. And right? how old was she when she painted this wall? She was in her teens. Yeah, and that's un- did it look good? For a barn red wall, sure. Yeah, because the thing is, is reds are usually very hard to paint. Yeah, they like, are. They're very hard to paint. In other words, lots of times a, an, an owner, like I've yeah. had it happen many a times over the year, tried to do a red and they ended up calling a painter to come and do it because it gets very splotchy. Splotchy, yeah. You have sections that are a lot darker red than the rest. And, you know, you put more paint over here than you did over here. Red yeah. is a hard color to blend. Such a high pigment. And I, it's, yeah, it's I'm hard looking to paint. Back. Looking back, that might have been yeah. true, but she didn't care. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now the other, the other girl, I, I've, I've drawn a blank on this. It was either purple or bright yellow in the in the other rooms, and I don't suggest it. Right. Really, if your teenager said, "Oh, I'm going to go ahead and paint," that's fine, but give them a palette. Right. All right, or give Rhonda a call. Uh, how do we do that, Rhonda Benvy Plummer of Help me run the interiors. We're not done with the show, but how do we contact you? You can call me at 919-263-9054. You can go to my website and you can contact me that way as well. That's helpmerondainteriors.com. We can go to your website and see some of your other projects. Some. I'm not the best in the world about pictures. All right. Well, I'm just not the best. Then tell me now about a project that's there or that's done that's not on the website. I think that a lot of people will ask me, you know, do you have anything in pictures? And I've got pictures I can send. Yeah. Um, I usually like to send pictures to the clients individually once I know what their style is mm-hmm. and what, you know, something that's comparable to what they are wanting to do. And then, of course, I have great references, and I yeah. usually give that to people as well Good. if they want to call some of my former clients. And then I have, if you want to go see some of my work, I can take you to some of my clients' house because they really don't care. <laughs> what What's the most common phone call that you have to field? What do you mean? What is the most common thing that customers ask for when they reach out to you? Is it a color palette? Is it, uh, I need help totally redoing a space? I need help with furniture? What would you say is the most common? I would say right now it's remodels. Um, everybody's remodeling. And then I would say the second thing would be new furniture, floor planning. They don't know how to buy the right size for things. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and window treatments. Oh, yes, window treatments. Mm-hmm. Those are so much more expensive than you think. They they are. Yeah. You think it's going to be real cheap, and then you start looking at the cheap stuff, and you're like, well, I don't want that. Yeah. I want this. Oh, that's four times the cost. Okay. And we, we're in the closing seconds, but my parents just invested – more money than should be in Venetian blinds. Mm. They were the dirty old thin Venetian blinds. Do people do that still? No. No. no they don't. <laughs> I knew that. All right, that's it for making your home great on WPTF.